like my dream of retirement is to just like live basically in a library. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People come in. I'll read their birth chart. I'll throw down some tarot cards, you know, like <laughs> I'll make them some lavender tea. Like that's the old lady I want to be. Hello and welcome to Revel, a collection of realms comedies, dramedies, and rom-com oddities. My name is Rhoda. I'm a producer at Realm. And I'm Pia Wilson. And I wrote If I Go Missing, which is Did It. Stay tuned after the episode for more discussion between me and Pia. Stay tuned. <laughs> Here is episode eight of If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. We'll be back just after this. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Elise Edgerton, I whisper into the intercom for the third time. The elderly woman on the other end keeps telling me she didn't order Chinese. (laughs) Frankly, I'm very frustrated right now that Victor and Jenna don't have the good sense to live in a concierge building. That would make things go so much more smoothly, safety in numbers and all that. But then, I suppose Jenna wouldn't have come back here if there were people to document her comings and goings. Some concierges are good at keeping secrets, others not so much. If Jenna has found a way to defeat the coven, I have to know. Their warning to me at the bed and breakfast was unsettling. I was tempted to tell my father, but I want to handle this on my own. I think you'll be proud of me. Sabino si. We'll see. A young woman comes out, and when I try to go into the building, she blocks the entrance. Can I help you? She asks, looking me up and down. I'm just here to see Jenna. She lives in 8N. So you don't live here? I can't let you in. I can't believe this. How rude! She lets in these two young men wearing white tank tops and baggy jeans and gold chains. Each has a diamond stud in one ear. At least it looks like a diamond. I don't know. I will not point out their race because it's not really relevant, really. But, you know. She frowns. 
racist bitch. Look, I don't want to cry white lady tears, but I'm a human being. Luckily, I have tissues in my clutch. I take a look around as I blow my nose. A lot of scaffolding, Brooklyn construction boom, you know. A mix of bars and industrial warehousing. You know, I'm surprised Victor would want to live here. Feels depressing. Feels like threatening, even in the morning. And now that I'm thinking about it, why would Jenna take all that money from Great Uncle Felix's ghost? Oh God, that sounds ridiculous. Only to come home. Realm presents, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It, Episode 8. I call an Uber. Five minutes? Where's it coming from? Siberia? My blood sugar must be low. I'm feeling very complainy. I'll go to the bodega on the corner. If I remember correctly from Jenna's recordings, the gentleman who works at the counter there is named Abdul. I remember Victor responding to Jenna's mention of Abdul in the recording, immediately having a craving for a chopped cheese. Apparently, it's a chopped up cheeseburger. I don't understand. I put a bag of baked potato chips on the counter. The man I assume is Abdul slaps a smile over his confused expression. I don't belong here. Anything else, miss? No, thank you, Abdul. I say, handing him my credit card. There's a $5 minimum on cards. Uh, okay. I must have seemed in distress because he added that I could have the chips for free. Thank you, Abdul. I say, hand over heart. My name is Elise Edgerton. I'm a friend of Victor and Jenna's. You haven't seen Jenna around here lately, have you? (laughs) No, miss. Okay, thanks. I say and rush out. My Uber's here. I'll regroup in Manhattan. Long, September 12th. When I heard my name come out of that woman's mouth, I started paying attention. I could hear her from the back. Elise Edgerton. Mm. White woman talking loudly to Kaleem as though he wouldn't understand English if she didn't raise her voice. No, miss. I pull back the curtain that hides the back room where I'm staying. After she left, I told Kaleem she was no friend of mine. He said he could tell that right away. But you may have a cosmic connection. Or at the very least, you could use an ally. Kaleem has been a lifesaver. When I came back to Brooklyn a couple weeks ago to pick up some things from the apartment, I went into the bodega to leave a note for Kaleem to give to Victor. When Kaleem saw the scar I had on my shin from when I fell off the bike after seeing Colonial Jenna, it was glowing to him. The scar was in the shape of a star and moon. The magic neither of us knew was in me before had been activated. He hustled me into the bodega and said a few phrases to me, none of which I understood. This is going to sound insane. He started, but before he could get another word out, I said, I'm being hunted by an influencer coven. Anticipating a bunch of questions, I explained that a bunch of social media influencers who use magic to make themselves more popular and grow their businesses were after me. Prosperity witches he said casually, like everybody knows about the different categories of witches. They've been around since the beginning of magic. First, it was thrown bones to make sure your hunter came back with the most meat. 
then it was salt, then it was gold, and so on. Thanks to feminism, more female witches sought prosperity for themselves and not a partner. These social media prosperity witches seem to bring wealth to themselves by bringing it to other people, like restaurant owners or corporate brands. Are you a witch sociologist or something? <laughs> no. My family's been keeping knowledge of magic for thousands of years. I will admit that I use a little prosperity magic to keep this bodega going. Being a keeper of magical knowledge doesn't pay at all. I gave him the rundown on Brooke, Carmen, Mommy, Megan, and Bibi. How I clashed with them and how Carmen seemed to be the strongest, but let Brooke be the leader. From what you tell me, you haven't interacted one-on-one with Brooke that much. With all Carmen has done to you, Brooke would probably have done worse. I don't know what they need Mommy, Megan, and Bibi for. There's strength in numbers, and the two lesser witches may have powers that complement the other two. They may have sensed your natural ability. I wonder if Megan used the Gossip Stopper spell to test your power. I told him about Colonial Jenna, the book of spells I found by the Hanging Oak, and Great Uncle Felix. He took notes and only left me alone whenever a customer came in. The little feeling spell on Victor worked pretty early on, but my first real demonstration of power came after I wished on a couple of stars. I accidentally choked Divine and her clerk in the metaphysical store. Makes sense. You are a celestial witch, so you use planetary and celestial energy in your spell work. And with your affinity for astrology, I'm going to put you in that subcategory of celestial witchcraft. What does it mean to be in that subcategory? In addition to heavenly bodies, you power your spells with the zodiac, astrology, and natal charts. He said, suggesting I work with Mars in crafting my spells since I'm at war with witch bitches and also Jupiter, which is the planet of luck. Maybe Saturn, too. Can help with revenge and protection. He said, pulling books from the library he had in the cellar, right next to the boxes of products from the bodega. You're lucky you're a natural witch. Otherwise, the coven would have done you in easily. Apparently, magic runs in my family. Or at least that's what Kaleem guessed. The kind of raw power I've demonstrated and the way I've been able to fight back against trained witches suggests that there must have been at least one witch in every generation. In ancient times, we would have called you a magician. But the word has been co-opted by people doing tricks on a stage. When the elders classified someone as a witch, it indicated that they were more spiritually minded. Magicians generally weren't mystical. They just did their magic. The more you study the next few years, the more you'll be able to do on a much grander scale. Study? I'm a grown-ass woman. You can't send me off to Hogwarts. Independent study. With my help. Witches with your potential don't come along every day. You can help balance the scales between good and evil. Surely you can feel the world is tilted. Of course, the choice is all yours. First, I have to kick some witch bitch ass. Then I'll think about joining Witches Without Borders. <laughs> then I handed him the book of spells I found by the Hanging Oak. He was so gentle with it that I acutely felt how rough I'd been. Thank you for sharing this. I love looking at historical private grimoires, usually full of a bunch of love spells, which we need more of in this world, if you ask me. Working a love spell puts more love out in the world, even if these types of grimoires usually have the wrong math or have aspects of the spell that work against each other. Looks like this one was written by someone with an affinity for celestial magic like you. A black and white cat I'd never seen before walked between my legs, rubbing itself against me. Kaleem said she never took to being a bodega cat. Her name means knowledge in Arabic. Kaleem told me the name, but I couldn't pronounce it. 
She stays with the books. Hmm, look at that. A deducere lunum spell. He said, still perusing the book, uh, <laughs> grimoire I had found. Plain English, please. It was known in ancient Greece and Rome as the Thessalian trick, which is pulling the moon down from the sky. And on the very next page, there's a spell for making more potent lunar slime by negotiating with the moon's guardian spirits. Lunar spirits are very demanding. Ew, slime? Gross. Lunar slime is one of the most important materia magica around. Right up there with iron and menstrual blood. Ah, so materia magica is just nasty. Fine. Lunar slime is also known as moon water. And I will not get into the politics of menstrual blood. You can find the writings of feminist magicians in the middle stack of books over there. Even though Kaleem said he would cast a protection spell for me and an invisibility spell, I didn't feel comfortable staying in my apartment. By the way, it's a lot less fun to know that the invisibility spell doesn't turn you invisible. It just makes people not notice you as much. I asked him to do a spell that would make Victor and my mom mellow out if they ever got too worried about me. And I will create a cloud of confusion for people who try to use a locator spell to find you. Though, it seems the prosperity witches just wanted to scare you so that you wouldn't write about them. Sleeping on the foldable bed in the library downstairs is starting to hurt my back. I would probably have moved back into the apartment if that woman Elise hadn't showed up. She mentioned Victor. I wonder how he's doing. I figured it was best to not let him know where I was. I almost fucked up by having one of these recordings about the magic I've learned and where I am backed up to the cloud. When I know how to give these witch bitches a magical beatdown, I can go back and hang out with Victor in Bedford. I miss him. I wonder how much time he's going to want to be up there versus Greenpoint. Hey, Kaleem, why do you think Victor and I are stronger together? He's not a witch, is he? No. Every celestial witch needs someone who grounds them. Earth and sky. Victor's a solid dude. Besides, you've asked her geological connections to the area. It all makes sense. I've got to speed up my spell work. If that Elise person can get this close to me, the coven can too. why I didn't think of leaving Jenna a message in the notes section of her cloud. I still have the password info from Victor. Easy as pie. Well, not that easy. I did have to write several drafts so that I could get the message just right. Messaging is everything, you know? I don't want Jenna to happen upon some poorly arranged thoughts. She is a writer. In the end, I am satisfied with the simplicity of this message. Hi, Jenna. My name is Elise Edgerton. I'm a friend of Victor's. We went to undergrad together. I'm sure he mentioned me in passing. I've been working with him to try and find you. Well, I just wanted you to know that you can consider me a safe space and a sister in arms. I know about the C word, the influencer C word to be clear. You can call or text me anytime at the number below. In solidarity, EE. I hope she responds soon. I'm on pins and needles. I wonder if I shouldn't have included some emojis? I I, I was afraid it would make me seem inconsequential or... I don't know, but maybe it would have made me seem more approachable, you know? I can't add to it now. What if she's in the middle of reading the note and she sees me putting a smiley face in there? 
So I may as well just stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. Oh, I should have wished her well. Like, reading this now in solidarity sounds just, like, performative. I want her to know I'm a real ally, okay? Like, I should have just simply signed it Elise. She doesn't know I sign my notes EE with family and friends. She might think I'm trying too hard to be cool. Ugh, I could have spent so much more time on this. Okay, well, what's done is done. I need to finish my notes on Jenna's recordings. Okay, mid-August, right before she left. Summer is almost here, so that means tons of outdoor activities and trying to keep up with all the fun things that are going on. Factor can help you stay on top of your wellness goals and stay fit, healthy, and full for the summer. They have fresh, never-frozen meals that are dietitian-approved and ready to eat in just two minutes, no matter how busy you are, so you can get back to what you like doing. With 35 different meals and more than 60 different add-ons, you are sure to never get bored. You can treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that have ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and keep kitchen time to a minimum, so essentially, no cleaning up. It's great. I got my brother a Factor box because he expressed some interest in wanting to get healthy over the summer and try eating more vegan food. And this made it a really effortless transition for him to try some new foods and also get food he didn't have access to. He figured out what he liked, what he didn't like, and he did it with the help of Factor. So if this sounds like something you want to try, you can head to factormeals.com slash revel50 and use code revel50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off the next month. That's code REVEL50 at factormeals.com slash REVEL50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave, with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Log, August 18th. Instead of being on the defense all the time, I started going on the offense. Little things, small and subtle, so that the coven won't realize that I'm responsible for what's been happening to them. The other day, I did a spell of attrition on Mommy Megan's Instagram followers. I feel sorry for her about custody of her kid and all, but she had no sympathy for me. I have dreams and needs and people to protect too. 
She didn't have to help me, but she didn't have to contribute to hurting me either. Besides, my spells have only been lasting for a couple days at a time. Four days has been my record. Carmen had to throw out an entire shipment of brightening creams. I made sure that no one's skin was affected by the creams at all. They just weren't sealed properly at the factory. Mm, bitch had it coming. Not just because she's being shitty to me, but because she's playing on people's colorism issues. Brightening is the code these beauty companies use for skin whitener. Mm-hmm. I tied BB's tongue for an insta-live she was doing with one of her best-selling authors. I laughed and laughed, watching clips of her forgetting her point, mispronouncing words, and screwing up her questions so badly she had to go and get a pile of index cards with the questions written on them to read them properly. The author was not happy. Since everybody is always up Brooke's ass, I wrote an anti-enchantment spell for her. It didn't make anyone hate her outright. It just brought to the forefront the things that they already disliked about her. To the point that they felt compelled to tell her about it. When a reporter wrote a piece about her for an art magazine, he actually said that she had more social media followers than she did talent. I was able to base these spells off of the ones written in the old book that appeared outside the Hanging Oak when I tried to summon Colonial Jenna. Obviously, I couldn't find all the ingredients needed for the spells, like lizard necks. I mostly modified the words. That might be why the spells don't last that long. I called my mom and told her that somebody tried to put the root on me. She laughed and laughed and laughed until she started coughing. Why them white people out there know about root work? I asked her to find somebody who did real root work to see if they could help me with something. She said, and I quote, Trying to keep a man that way don't ever work out. After I made it clear that I wasn't looking for help keeping Victor, she said she would see if any of her friends knew somebody. I heard of this good psychic in Red Hook. If she ain't dead yet, she only speaks Spanish. Bye, Mom. That woman. I knew I needed more help, though. That was confirmed this evening when I went into town to pick up the pepperoni pizza Victor ordered for us. I had been letting him go into town lately so I wouldn't run into any of the witch bitches. When I got back to the car, there was a note stuck under the windshield. The message was simple. We know it was you. Then, underneath the words was a stencil of a pair of lips with one of those circles with the diagonal line going across it. It looked like the lips Megan drew on the toilet paper at Brooks Barbecue. They were silencing me. I crumpled up the paper and threw it away. I thought I was going to lose my physical voice, but I didn't. I was pretty proud of myself and my protection skills, but I was wrong. When I tried to work on my book about the undercover evil and uselessness of these influencers just now, I failed. Anytime I tried to type, it hurt like hell. If I tried to write with a pen, my hand cramped. If I thought about the book creatively, my head hurt. If I tried dictation, my throat hurt. The only way I could make this recording was to steal a little holy water from the local Catholic church to make some tea with lots of raw honey from it. I'm so tired, and if I'm being real, scared, for me and Victor. I can keep fighting these witches, but 
It's getting to the point where I'm questioning if this book is even worth it. The artwork on the ceiling at Grand Central is almost worth having to wade through the crowds to take the subway home. Almost. Today, it totally is. I'm gonna call this bait. I'm a few rows behind a girl I'm pretty sure is Jenna. A woman, not a girl. The train was going to Bedford and I just hopped on because I saw Jenna. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm a little afraid to go up to her because she never replied to my note. But I understand not everyone uses the Notes app, so perfectly fine. Jenna looks good, confident, you know? I should go now before someone sits next to her. Okay, now we're never release. Go, 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 go. This is the moment we've been waiting for, even though we've never met. I'm sure Jenna and I will share an affinity for each other. Breathe. For God's sake, Elise, she's not a rock star. If you could keep your cool while sitting across the table from Taylor Swift at the benefit for that children's hospital, you can sit next to Janet Clayton. Come on. Okay, here we go. We're walking. We're walking. Legs are working. We are sitting down. The eagle has landed. Yow! The eagle is gonna throw up! No, no! Get it together! Hi, Jenna. I say quietly. She looks me up and down, one eyebrow arched. I clear my throat and try again. <clears throat> Hi, Jenna. It's me, Elise. Ugh. Hi, welcome back. I'm Rhoda Bayessa. I'm a producer here at Realm, and I am chatting with Pia Wilson the writer of If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. I'm excited to talk about episode eight because I love Kaleem's character and his introduction in the magic bodega. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just really love his delivery when he's like, oh, yeah, prosperity magic. Like, it's so casual. <laughs> and you're like, yes. <laughs> and well, I mean, the scene is so perfect, right? Because we finally know where Jenna is. She comes up from hiding and she's, like, in a Brooklyn bodega, and Kaleem is just, like, so dope. You know what I mean? With his cats and his, like, library in the back of the bodega, you know? And That's my fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, him opening her eyes to prosperity magic, you know? Okay. They have this really great exchange about the politics of menstrual, mag- uh, menstrual <laughs> blood. and You know what I mean? It's just, like, tell me, like, about... How you arrived there, you know? That goes back to my childhood fantasies again. You know, like watching like Never Ending Story, reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all these stories, you know. And um, I always, even now, I'm thinking I can walk into some kind of bookstore somewhere and stumble across this ancient book that nobody would have ever seen. And it's just for me. And it gives me all the keys to life, right? And you're going to go on some great adventure. And so I was like, this is my chance to write that moment for somebody else. Like, Colleen. (laughs) And of course, it would be underneath a bodega. Like, in New York, it's like the only place it could be. So you have this, like, (laughs) underground, like, space with books full of magic. And that's my dream, right? And so, like, and of course, there would be 
feminist treatises. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, I mean, it was like I could when you wrote that, when I read that scene, I was just like, OK, this person is familiar with indie bookstores because I just yes. like love that when you walk in and it's crowded as hell. And like it's just like curated books, like like books people have read. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not saying, you know, whatever. You go to Barnes and Noble and it's just like the, the booksellers there are incredible, too. Right. But it's like this is when you get to a small indie bookstore. It is tiny, and you know that the person who's there has read like at least read 50% of book. the books. You know, <laughs> like, and they could tell and, you, like they could quote you things on handwritten cards. Yeah, handwritten cards as to like, oh, okay, so you know, if you if you turn around and look to your left, this is the section from indigenous writers. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's so specific, you know? And uh, and I felt that. I felt that walking into your bodega bookstore, like in oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's my dream. Like, my life dream, like, my dream of retirement is to just, like, live basically in a library. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People come in. I'll read their birth chart. I'll throw down some tarot cards, you know, like <laughs> I'll make them some lavender tea. Like that's the old lady I want to be. Right. Do you have like a fictional library universe? You know what I mean? I mean, often um, the one in Beauty and the Beast is called upon as like, you know, hooked yeah. to the ceiling. You know what I mean? Like yes. the ladder that's like actually dangerous. Oh right. My God. <laughs> I, you know, my friends make fun of me because like I collect pictures of like, Fancy stoves, fancy refrigerators, fancy bookcases. I just have like just random like bookcase designs. Like there's a staircase that's like made of Mm -hmm, books. mm -hmm. Into it. Yes. Going out. Give it to me. Old smelly (laughs) books. I want them all. I want to own them. I want to just walk in and, and feel that paper and stuff, you know. Um, I do. Yeah. When you have like the um, I call it Bible thin paper, but you know what I mean? Like the old Britannicas, you know what I mean? That are just like (laughs) they're like these they're like parchment paper, essentially. You know what I mean? You're like, this feels ancient. feels important. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Give me that, you know, like with the squiggly lines and like. The beautiful the tactile like, experience layout is important. Yeah, mm-hmm. give it to me. Like the heft the of a book, even. Yeah. Yes, yes. And turning the pages and feeling it in your hands. I'm so into this. Right. Um, so thank you so much for chatting with us, Pia. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Up next is the finale of If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. Thanks for tuning in to Revel, and we'll see you next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it with friends. You can listen ad-free by joining Realm Unlimited at realm.fm or Realm Plus on Apple Podcasts. You can also find more shows like this one by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Revel is produced by Nicole Kreuter and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Devin Shepard. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Julian Yap. Audio editing by Kaylin West and Sam Bagala. Theme music by Hashem Asadolahi. Featuring performances by Hashem Asadolahi, Josiah Lamb, Alan Ferber, and Mike Forzano. Theme music mixed by Justin Morell. Cover art by Jenny Cheng. This season of Revel is hosted by Rhoda Beyeza and Pia Wilson. 
You're listening to Revel, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It is a Realm original production, created and written by Pia Wilson. Produced by Rhoda Belleza and Haley Wagreich. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Julian Yap. Directed by Amanda Rose Smith and Kaylin West. Starring Gabare Sidibe, Sarah Natacheni, Aaron Landon, Len Klingeman, Tony D, Alba Ponce de Leon, Tiana Camacho, Jordan Bielski, Eli Gonzalez, and Andrew Lee. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Fred Greenhalgh. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Theme music by Hashem Asadolahi and Andrew Rowan. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. <laughs>